And a lot of reason why people can get so bloated and uncomfortable or um, get really have a lot of wind and all of these issues can often be because that digestive part in their stomach of with the stomach acid, the enzymes and the bile isn't maybe as effective as it can be. And one of the easiest things you can do about that is when you eat is make sure that your body is in a parasympathetic nervous state, which you can easily do by just before you eat a meal or a snack is just by taking some deep breaths or doing an old school grace. I don't know if you did that growing up. We used to have a song that we sang before we ate. Like doing all of those kinds of things can help kind of shift your nervous state. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. And I'm so excited because we have an international guest. She is the host of the Gut Goddess podcast. She has a postgraduate diploma in nutritional science and practice. She's a member of the British Association of Nutrition and Lifestyle Medicine, BANT. And she's also a member of the Complementary and Natural Healthcare Council. And she is all the way from England, and she now lives in Scotland. And coming us today is Kezia Hall. Welcome, Kezia. Thanks so much for having me, Chantel. I'm so excited to be on your show. Well, you are one of our first international guests, so <gasps> welcome. Oh, I'm on it. And I know that you personally have struggled with digestive issues and your weight since you were young. Can you tell us a little bit about your own wellness journey and how it led you to develop your supernaturally healthy brand and gut goddess lifestyle? Yeah, um, it's, I suppose, similar to lots of people who end up becoming practitioners or you know, working in functional medicine or nutrition or anything like that is, um, I've struggled with my own health since I was really young. I was one of those kids that was always at the doctor, seeing pediatricians, having people look at me a little bit like, hmm, not quite sure why. Uh, my m One of my main memories of childhood is like banana flavored antibiotics. I just was went through so many of them um, and no one could really tell what was wrong with me. So that carried on as an adult um, and things just carried on getting worse, never too bad. Like, you know, got to be grateful for yeah. certain things, don't you? It was never, I never, they thought I had Crohn's for a while, Crohn's disease, and I, I didn't have that. They thought I maybe had another IBD, irritable bowel disease, and I never had any of those. But it got to the point probably in my early 20s when no one really knew what to do with me. And I was really depressed. I'd been diagnosed depressed by that point and, and with anxiety and also was just having really bad bowel issues um, to the point of incontinence. And I was just thinking, like, you know, you're at the start of your 20s and you're thinking, I want to travel and have fun and go out with my friends. But instead, to be honest, I spent a lot of time not wanting to leave the house, um, in a lot of pain, um, feeling quite low and just wondering if this is the rest of my life. And then that kind of put me on a journey of the food that I ate. And slowly but surely, I realized the old kind of saying that food can be medicine. And since then, I've just not really stopped. Wow. Well, if you were to pick 
three of your wellness tips to share with listeners that you would say, you know, these are the three things I did that really helped heal my gut. What would they be and why? That's a great question. Um, There's loads of things out there and there's lots of information out there around how you can heal your gut but it's really important that you kind of cover some of the basics first, I think sometimes. So I would say for me and for any client that I was working with, one of the first things you want to look at and question is if you have any kind of food intolerances. So meaning, is there any foods that you're eating that your body just isn't loving? Like is having a more inflammatory response or is maybe not being digested properly? And that's a really big deal, especially if there's digestive issues, bloating, bowel issues, kind of um, even skin issues, reflux, those kinds of things. So food intolerances. And I wouldn't even necessarily say you initially need to go and have an expensive test for these. The best thing to do would be a good old elimination diet. So that would be the first thing. The next thing was really to look at your stress levels. And I don't I often say this to clients and I get them kind of being like rolling their eyes at me like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, whatever. (laughs) But often we think of stress as being an emotional response. And I never would have said I felt emotionally stressed out, but my body was stressed out, if that makes sense. My cortisol was high, my adrenaline was running, my adrenals were on the go. And when your body is in that kind of... um, sort of sympathetic nervous state, it really struggles to digest and to create adequate amounts of stomach acid, um, release the digestive enzymes and bile in order for you to digest properly. And a lot of reason why people can get so bloated and uncomfortable or um, get really have a lot of wind and all of these issues can often be because that digestive part in their stomach of with the stomach acid, the enzymes and the bile isn't maybe as effective as it can be. And one of the easiest things you can do about that is when you eat is make sure that your body is in a parasympathetic nervous state, which you can easily do by just before you eat a meal or a snack is just by taking some deep breaths or doing an old school grace. I don't know if you did that growing up. We used to have a song that we sang before we ate. Like doing all of those kinds of things can help kind of shift your nervous state. Um, And then the other thing that I'd recommend for digestive issues would just be addressing your relationship with sugar. Again, that doesn't make me that popular when I chat to people about it, but really addressing that kind of sugar cravings, sweet tooth, that need for that sugar hit is really important, not just from an energy and maybe a weight perspective or a hormonal perspective, but actually from a digestive perspective as well. Because if you have a lot of sugar and a high sugar diet, that can sometimes fuel some of the kind of bacterial imbalance that could be going on within your intestines, which could be contributing to those digestive issues. So those three things, if you can hit those on the head, then you can act, you'll probably actually make a lot more progress than you would think. Mm, awesome. All right. Well, let me ask you, in my newest edition of my book, Waste Away, I talk about people don't have to deprive themselves when it comes mm. to food, but everyone needs to decide for themselves. What are their red light foods, yellow light foods, green light foods? And so for you, what are your red light foods? These are foods where you go, I feel terrible when I eat this. I just stay away from them completely. And then here's my yellow light foods. I don't feel great when I eat them, but I'll still have them every once in a while. I love that system. That's a great idea in terms of just getting people to tune in to their own red light foods, you know, yellow light foods and green ones. I would say for me, my red lights, like foods I just don't touch would be like gluten. I just 
it just, it used to upset my digestive system. And now because I've done a lot of healing there, it just makes me tired and a bit grumpy and it's just not worth it. So that's just, that's not even like a, oh, I'll occasionally have a bit of bread, you know, as a treat type thing. I just don't bother. It's just, I don't care. I don't want it. Um, similar with things like ingredients. If I see something that contains aspartame, MSG, um, certain e-numbers, again, I know I'm actually just not going to like the food. So those are definite red lights. Yellow light foods for me would probably be dairy. I tend to avoid cow's milk completely because it doesn't do me any good and hasn't done for a while. But things like butter, um, I seem to tolerate quite well. And I do really like cheese. So I won't eat cheese daily, but maybe like every couple of months, if there's a nice cheese board, then, you know, I do love some cheese. So those would be the foods that I know I can't eat loads of. They don't love me that much, but they love me a little bit. That's funny. I'm the same way. Like gluten for me is just absolutely off limits. It's a red light. Um, but butter, I, I actually, actually butter for me is a green light. I feel great on butter. Um, I feel great. Yellow light for me would be like, I do really good with goat's milk. So like if I'm going to do goat's cheese, I feel okay. Um, but I do try to stay away from, um, cow's milk for me is like in between red light and yellow light. Like I'll do it every once in a while. Yeah. But I know I don't feel great when I have it. No, I'm so, the same. Now the question I ask all my guests, take me through a normal day in the life of you. Like what did you eat yesterday? When did you eat it? Uh, tell us kind of everything that happened yesterday for you. Okay. Well, I suppose this wouldn't be a normal day because yesterday I'd been sick at the start of the week. I'd gotten the flu, so I was still recovering. So Thursday, that would been my yesterday, is normally a working day for me. So I, um, what did I, I can't even remember. Oh, I don't know. I can remember what I had. I normally start the day with eggs. So I'll normally have like some sort of eggs with some sort of leftover vegetable. And yesterday I think I'd scrambled them and just put it all in one sort of scramble together. And then I had a cocoa with um like mct oil and some medicinal mushrooms kind of all blended in with each other and then it was a case of uh but first i get up and i try and meditate for about 10 minutes ideally before my little boy's woken up or when if i've kind of handed him over to my other half and then it's kind of all go with like you know getting children ready nursery out the door all of that sort of stuff and then I work from home from a home office and I see all my clients um online and um, do consultations that way and so then it's just a case of doing my commute to my office which is um at the bottom of my house which is quite handy and then getting started and then a lot of the time my best working rhythm is I tend to work really well until about one and then I'll stop for lunch um and then I'll spend time with my little boy. And then I often start working again in the evening because the evening is when I tend to see my clients. So that tends to be how the rhythm of my day goes. Yesterday was a little bit different because I was still recovering. So I took, I think I probably took a nap in the morning, which I don't normally do. <laughs> but um, that would normally be the sort of flow of my day, kind of work hard and short in the morning, take a break and then start again in the evening. And I'm normally in bed. I like to be in bed by about 10 o'clock half 10 at the latest. So I'm definitely an early morning person, not a night owl. Awesome. Well, I am going to jump right into our listener questions. And this is from Destiny in Lincoln, which I don't even know where Lincoln is, but 
I was diagnosed with IBS in college. I go days without going to the bathroom and I constantly feel bloated and miserable. I take a fiber supplement every day, but it doesn't seem to help. How can I change my diet to relieve the bloating and constipation? That's a great question. And I've worked with a lot of people who have come to me in a similar position, you know, where they, where their normal is having a bowel movement once a week. Um, so know that there's loads that you can do, Destiny. I would probably refer you back to what I was talking about before, those three kind of wellness tips, actually. If you can figure out, number one, if you have any food intolerances, and just, because a lot of the time constipation, I've found with clients, and I'm not sure this comes up a lot in research, but from my experience, um, a lot of the time gluten can be an issue sometimes with constipation, but other food intolerances also. So that you, I would really kind of explore that, maybe do an elimination diet and think, okay, let's take 30 days and avoid gluten really strictly and just see how I feel. So that would probably be the first place to start. The next thing would be really looking at um, maybe introducing some more magnesium into your diet from things like green veggies, if you can tolerate those, and things like cocoa powder. You can also get Epsom salts. And um, in the UK, you can get you know your magnesium oil spray that you can spray onto your skin. That can be really effective, is really gentle. And unless you're on any blood thinning, medica blood thinning medications, wouldn't have any negative kind of interactions with that. So those tend to be my go-to. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode okay. so far. But as you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women and every time I've watched a thin eater eat, I realize that maintaining a healthy weight is a skill that can be taught and mastered over time. That's why I created a video course that will teach you all the tips that I learned to help me lose over 30 pounds. It's way more powerful to watch The Thin Eaters than even to listen or to read it. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash video for a free glimpse. If you're wanting to take yourself to the next level, everyone needs a coach. Every professional player has a coach. We want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash coaching. I just had someone listen to the audiobook three times and she just emailed me and she said by her listening to the audiobook three times, that's what did it. That's what allowed her to really lose the weight. We have an amazing offer for you. It's the second edition of my book, which has tons more information. It has the audiobook, the ebook. It normally runs for $29.99. You can get it today for $4.99. Go to ChantelRayway.com slash deal to get it. Now back to the show. This next question comes from Anonymous. I have Hashimoto's and take Armour Thyroid. I listened to one of your podcasts and I heard that low stomach acid might be a cause of thyroid issues. And your guest on the podcast said that taking HCL and digestive enzymes might help having the low stomach acid. Whenever I take the HCL, my heart rate is very high and I start getting heart palpitations. I'm also low in iron as well. Should I take less HCL or less digestive enzymes or one or the other anonymous? It's hmm, a great question. So when it comes to HCL and digestive enzymes, you, well, first of all, you might want to go back to your doctor and just check to see if you don't have anything like um, called H. pylori going on in your stomach, just in terms of if you, there is low stomach acid and Hashimoto, sometimes that can be there's 
can sometimes indicate a more kind of bacterial infection going on in your stomach. So that's worth discussing with your kind of primary care provider first. When it comes with 2-HCL, you, it is a little bit of trial and error. I would really suggest starting really small. Some supplements out there that you might buy on uh, like Amazon or whatever are sometimes humongous doses. So I'd like 650 milligrams or something. So I'd maybe start at a really small amount at like 100 milligrams and go really slow. If you find that you consistently are getting kind of increased heart rate, you probably want to pull back and not, I wouldn't take the HCL or increase um, or take it on a daily basis just because that could be having various um, could mean various things in terms of how it's affecting your heart rate so maybe just focusing on the digestive enzymes without the HCL could be really helpful because you actually some of this you you're trying just to figure out and do a bit of detective work to figure out okay is it your stomach acid that's low or maybe your stomach acid's actually okay but actually maybe it's your digestive enzyme secretion that's not great or maybe it's your bile release that's quite poor and sluggish and so that's what you you're really wanting to find out and with Hashimoto's it can be poor stomach acid but it can also be um, your digestive enzymes and your bile. But really listen to your body. It's really important that any advice that you hear about, read about in a book, hear someone like me say, the, it's, it shouldn't ever override what your body is telling you. You know, in terms of taking, oh, I'm just going to carry on taking HCL because this chick online said I should carry on taking it. If you don't feel good taking it, then that is your body telling you something really, really important. So always listen to your body first above any expert that you hear about because that's where you often get the truest information is when you really tune in more to what your body's saying as opposed to something that you read about which I know is easier said than done but I hope that helps all right this next question is from a girl named Judy and she writes from her Judy and my boyfriend Dale I love the lady who was on the Queen of Thrones podcast, and I have massive constipation, and I've been trying to read as much as I can on the topic of constipation. I do poop one time a day, but it's a very hard poop. I have read different articles about how often I should poop. Some say after every meal, some say twice a day, some say three times a day, and some say once every other day is okay. My boyfriend says that once a day is fine, even though the poop is hard. He says he only poops once a day and it's fine. <laughs> what is the right answer? I love the detail of this question. <laughs> it's brilliant. Honestly, people, when I talk, talk with clients, they'll often be like, oh, you know, a bit sheepish about talking about poo. And I'm like, guys, I'm the person to talk to about your poo. Don't worry. Um, when it comes to kind of, uh, bowel frequency, shall we say. Um, there's In the UK, anyway, there's not a necessary standard guideline. I'm not too sure if it's different in America, but in the UK, in terms of what counts as constipation is quite broad. So from my perspective, when I'm working with people, I really want people to be pooping at least once a day. And in my opinion, I would say you're constipated if you're not pooping once a day. But it sounds like you're not having a good bowel movement, even though you're having it once a day. So it sounds like for you, you probably are a little bit constipated still because you're not feeling like you're all done and dusted after you've been on the toilet. And that's a really important thing to be aware of. And 
I would almost say that ideally everyone is slightly different, but really you want to be thinking maybe one to two bowel movements a day is really ideal. It a lot depends on how much you eat. If you're um, someone who eats a high quantity of food, you want to be expecting you to be almost having potentially more bowel movements. Whereas if you maybe are fasting or just are a petite person and have quite a small appetite, then you might not poop as much as that. But it sounds like for you and your body, you actually maybe need to be having, might not be another bowel movement, but it sounds like your quality of bowel movement needs to improve. Okay. This next question is from Marissa in Chattanooga. I'm 35 now and I've had depression since I was a teenager. I've been on different antidepressants for years, but I feel but I would really like to wean off my medicine. When I eat clean, I feel so much happier, but I can't consistently stay off of sugar and carbs. I've heard that if I cut out the sugar and carbs out of my diet, that this will help my depression. Any tips for being able to stay on this regime? Marissa in Chattanooga. Okay. So yeah, what you eat, if you struggle with mental health issues, there is a big gut, meaning your kind of intestine and digestive system and kind of mind connection. So what you eat really does affect your mood and your mental well-being. So you're totally on it, Marissa, in terms of, you know, you feel better when you kind of ditch some of the refined carbs and refined sugars. But in terms of actually making that last in the long term, I often really suggest that people begin quite small. So often when people say read about things like, oh, if I address my relationship with sugar, then that might really help with my depression. They tend to go quite all or nothing. So what I recommend and talk to people about is often that the best thing that you can do for your mental well-being and for your gut health and digestive health or your hormones or whatever it is that you're wanting to target is to actually create habits that last and create a lifestyle shift. So you could not have sugar for a month and feel amazing, but the best thing that you could do for your body would be to not actually have sugar for like two or three years. And that would give your body so much room to heal and restore and rebalance. So I would really suggest that when it comes to, you mentioned sugar and carbs, I would actually boil that down to maybe one thing, one item. So maybe at the moment, Marissa, you love your sodas and you just, or orange juice or, or you know, sugary drinks in some capacity. I would spend 30 days really focusing on getting that out of your diet and replacing it with something else, replacing it with your kind of sparkling water, more water, kombucha, all of these kinds of things. Really look at taking one food at a time and almost doing that kind of every month so that you're not getting trapped into this all or nothing. I have to be on it or I'm being good or I'm being bad. You're actually going, okay, I know for the rest of my life, I want as good a mental health as I can have. So that means I need to accept the fact that I need to make this a lifestyle shift. So every month I'm going to zone right in. Instead of thinking I need to get rid of all the food, all the sugar, all the carbs, all the things, which is totally overwhelming. Everyone can do that for a couple of weeks, but we don't want to do it for 12 or 24 months. Really zone that down to, okay, I'm going to focus on the soda for this month. And then next month, I'm going to focus on the fact that I always have a cake at three o'clock in the afternoon and then just go step by step. And I can guarantee you, if you can commit to doing those small changes every month and every couple of weeks in a year's time, you will have transformed the way that you eat and you'll have actually done it in a way that is sustainable. 
Okay, last question from Melanie in Beaverton. It feels like all the people on your show blame all of everyone's systems. I'm sorry. It feels like all the people on your show blame all the problems and on every article I have read blames all my symptoms on leaky gut syndrome lately. For the past year, I've felt really bloated, had brain fog and headaches, and felt really tired. Even when I eat clean, I do have brain fog. I would say brain fog is my number one problem. Would you say that the, what would you say is the best leaky gut supplement that I can take? Melanie and Beaverton. Mm. There is lots of chat about leaky gut and there is some tests and things that you could do, but I would, you could generally assume that if you're having certain symptoms, then there might be some level of leaky gut, otherwise known as kind of intestinal permeability. In terms of supplements, well, the first thing, again, I might sound like a broken record. When it comes to leaky gut, you want to remove anything that is perpetuating the problem. And so one of the first things that you want to look at, again, food intolerances and sugar, those are not going to help your gut lining to heal and restore. So that's There's no supplement that is going to outdo the fact if you're eating dairy every day when your gut and your gut lining finds that really inflammatory. No supplement is going to outdo that fact that you're having milk in your coffee three or four times a day. So that's first thing. But equally, there are loads of great supplements out there that can really help your leaky gut if you are aware of the other triggers that could be Um, kind of contributing to this ongoing kind of intestinal permeability. So a really cheap and effective one for probably a good percentage of the population would be um, L-glutamine, which is an amino acid. So that can be really helpful at restoring the gut. I also really like, um, uh, what's it called? Marshmallow, like marshmallow root, which is more of a herbal thing. And you can often find different mixes that will have glutamine and um, marshmallow, slippery elm, a certain type of licorice that will have like a whole nice blend. And those are often really great for leaky gut kind of syndrome. You've got to double check that you don't have any, certain people can't tolerate L-glutamine very well because of certain genetic mutations, but that's a small set of the population. So got to check that through first with whoever your kind of primary care provider is, but I'm a big fan of L-glutamine. It's super affordable, it's accessible, and most people can tolerate it really well. And it's even better if you pile it together with some other great herbs that help soothe your gut lining. Mm. And then how often would you recommend someone taking that? I, I would recommend, what I would often do with my clients is once we once the kind of dietary aspect was um, working for them and that had been sorted, I would often recommend probably like a good, if you were getting like a mix of L-glutamine with other things in it as well, like there's different brands that will do different types of that. Um, I'd probably recommend like two scoops of that a day. Or if you're just taking L-glutamine, you probably want like a gram a day, but split throughout the day. So maybe half a gram in the morning and half a gram in the evening if you're having it as a powder or as a capsule, you know, the equivalent of that um, in a capsule. Awesome. And is there anything that you want to give away um, as a little gift to any of our podcast listeners? Yeah. Well, when I got emailed this, I was like, oh, this is a great idea. So I had a look at my calendar and I thought I would give away six kind of mini consultations where we could get on the phone or kind of online phone 
And you can ask me a question because so much of what we're talking about, even answering these questions, a lot really depends on you like, and what's going on with your body and your health history. And there's so much personalization and that's really where the power and effectiveness comes from. If you want to see results with your gut health, with your energy, with your weight, actually it really comes down to a personalized approach. So I'm offering six sessions. They're 15 minutes long that I'm not selling you anything. I'm not going to sell you any supplements, nothing like that. I literally want to spend 15 minutes with you and answer one question that you have that's going to help you just take this to the next level because you probably have read a lot of stuff, read a lot of articles and blogs and those kinds of things. And probably what you need to get results faster is actually something that is more tailored to what is going on with your body. So I'd love to give away six of those. Awesome. And tell listeners where they can learn more about you and find out more information on you and follow you. Well, the best place to find me in day-to-day is probably on Instagram or Facebook. So you can find me at Supernaturally Healthy or just search Kezia Hall, K-E-Z-I-A and H-A-L-L. There's not many Kezia's on the internet, thankfully. So I'm easy to find. Uh, So you could find me on on Instagram. You can DM me. Um, get in touch that way, or you can head over to keziahall.com and you can find out all my information and blogs and all that sort of stuff on there. I also have a quiz, the Gut Goddess quiz, which can be really helpful and fun at helping you figure out what's going on in your body. But if you've been listening to this and you have any questions or anything, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. I love the picture of you. You have the cutest picture. Is that, that's you, right? That's on the, yeah. your front website with like the chocolate spoon yeah. in your mouth. And you've got some amazing recipes. Like how is that cherry chocolate smoothie that you have on your, oh. on your website? Oh, super tasty. I mean, often people are surprised because people, when, when you say I'm a holistic nutritionist, people often assume that you just eat celery all day, but I love food and I love good Mm. food and I you know I'm not one of these people that's like oh yeah for my birthday just stick a candle and a piece of celery and I'll be happy no I want a piece of cake thanks (laughs) so a lot of the recipes that I have are me trying to go okay to make this realistic to make this sustainable I need to have some nice things. Like I want to have nice breakfasts or nice treats when it comes to my birthday or family gatherings. And that's kind of why I've got lots of recipes for some tasty smoothies to, because lots of my clients really struggle to get in enough vegetables. So, so that's a really easy way of doing that. And then also like cakes and treats for when you do want to have a little something sweet, but you don't want it to be filled with E-numbers, refined sugar, fructose, glucose, you know, all the, all the oses. Um, so yeah, head over and find a recipe. There's some great ones in there. I always have one of them kind of stocking up my freezer for, you know, Saturday. Wow. Well, I wish you lived closer because I would love to spend time <laughs> to have with a you. cup of coffee and a brownie. Yes. We can have one of your, your paleo treats that you have on there. Is that, um, it, so it, so the majority of your what you eat on a regular basis, is it more of a paleo lifestyle? Yeah, I would say I'd probably describe it as like paleo-ish. Ish. That's me too. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I used to be, when I was really healing my gut and doing a bit more intensive work a 
years, probably about five or six years ago, I would have been much more strict in terms of quite paleo or um, I followed the GAPS diet for a while. I don't know if you've heard of that. So the gut and psychology syndrome diet by Dr. Natasha McBride Campbell, I think. Um, so I did that, I don't know, six or seven years ago. Um, but since then, and since a lot of my health issues have kind of eased off a little bit, I would say paleo-ish. I feel better not eating grains generally, yeah. but sometimes just like tonight I had um, like a bolognese with like a chickpea pasta. So just from ease perspective, and my body can kind of feel, still feels good doing that. And I'll occasionally have gluten-free grains if I'm out or if it's just easier, but generally paleo-ish with some butter in there and oats in there for porridge sometimes. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you. And next time I go to Scotland, I will definitely give you a yeah. ring. Yeah, do it. Um, we'll have a cup of tea. Yes, um, maybe some whiskey if you like whiskey. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantalrayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.